Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to Next Step Leadership Podcast. Uh, Tracy Reynolds and and I, Chris Maxwell, are just loving the conversations that we have with people whose stories are all unique and different, a variety of backgrounds. Like uh, Tracy, each time our guests will tell their story, um, there there's some some things that are similar, but so much mm-hmm. that's unique in each story. And as we listen to Terry tell us his story, I love I love where he's taking us. Uh, he's he's not just telling his story, but he's taking us places that I believe we need to go. Tracy, what are what are your thoughts as as we spend time again today with Terry? Well, I've shared it before that any day I make a new friend is a good day. So you've already made my day, Terry Smith. So um, I was blessed to listen to. Not just uh, how he came to know Christ and how life has shaped him and how he's been a part of a church for over uh, as the leader for over 30 years, just uh, to what 10 minutes from downtown New York City. Um, obviously, God's opened doors, but, but to hear the theme of abundant life, of God blessing, of God desiring the best for all humanity, and that the gospel message being essentially that, that God is reconciling people to himself because he has our best interest in mind, uh, I just reverberate uh, with that so deeply. So welcome back to Next Step Leadership, Terry Smith. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you so much, Chris. Great to be back with you guys. Well, we left off talking about really the essence of your last book, The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journal, which to my mind, I'm always looking for what I call devotional supplements, things that as I have my regular time reading the Word, a book that I use just every day. It just kind of helps. And sometimes it's just a trade book. But man, when it's packaged in a way like this is, that's just great fodder for just extending my relationship with Jesus and getting a bit of of guidance. So I I look forward to doing that myself with your book. But um, tell us a bit, you had just described blessing and what your definition is. So can we start there and then just start to expand on what what this book is, is conceptualizing and putting into our daily life? Absolutely. So, um, my definition of blessing as I put forward in my book, the Lord bless you is that to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you and through you. And maybe we can just take a moment and kind of unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please interrupt me frequently. Uh, I have pastored and taught long enough. I can go without taking a breath for several (laughs) hours. So, uh, So, first of all, to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God. I mean, obviously, that's where it all starts. That's the most important thing. And and by the way, when when I try to get a sense of what a blessed life looks like, I go back to Eden. Um, That's where you get a sense of what a blessed life looks like. What If if we want to know what God wants for us now, we have to go back and look at what God wanted for us in the beginning, and we have to look forward to what God wants for us in the end. That should inform 
our experience now. Now, obviously, we're not going to have all of that until the age to come, but we're told we can taste it now, and we should have that expectation in our lives. So a big part of my theology is uh, that um, God's going to have in the end what he wanted in the beginning, that he didn't change his mind, that when you look at what his relationship was like with Adam and Eve, you look at Eden, you look at uh, the partnership that they had with God in the ongoing unfolding of creation, this is a sense of what everything is about bringing us back to that. We, you know, and so this is why Genesis chapter one, God's first interaction with humanity, we're told the Lord blessed them and then he purposed them. And then you look at the last chapter of scripture, Revelation 22, and it's a restoration of Eden, Mm -hmm. right? And we're told there is no more curse. So from beginning to end, scripture is about God's heart to bless people. That's right. Now, when I think about then being in harmonious relationship with God, which of course was the most important feature of Adam and Eve's relationship with God before the fall. I tend to think of like simple scriptures like Romans chapter five, verse one, that tells us through faith, we have peace with, through our faith in Jesus, we have peace with God and that we are, many translations say, happy because of the hope we have to share in his glory. And, um, I love the idea that, first of all, through our faith in Jesus, we have peace with God. And as you guys well know, that word is closely associated with the Hebrew word and concept shalom, which doesn't just mean an absence of conflict. It means everything in our lives working together harmoniously the way God intended it to work. So through our faith in, in, in Jesus, we have shalom with God. Our lives begin to function the way that he wanted it to function. And then we're told that we are happy because of the hope that we have of sharing in his glory. Now, two quick things about that. First of all, God's glory, you know, we could talk about it all day, but to make it simple, has to do with who God is and what he does. And so we are happy when we think about being involved in who God is and what he does. But I particularly like to focus on that word happy. I think Christians tend to be afraid of the word happy. And I love the fact that a number of translations uh, in, in recent years are using that word more and more where it should be used. I think it's okay for us to believe that God wants us to be happy. Yeah. Fundamentally happy and to understand that he is happy happy is his state of being the the apostle paul one place called talked about the glory of the of the gospel of the happy god one translation says another says the blissful god um another translation says i think the more common translation is the blessed god Mm. but blessed is connected to happy you know the very first sermon that jesus spoke it was about if we follow the kingdom principles that he was laying out, we'll be happy, 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 right? Blessed are you if you, blessed are you if you, and many translations trans- translate that, happy are you. So I, I simply want to make this point. To be blessed is to be in a harmonious relationship with God. And part of what happens when we're in a harmonious relationship with God is we experience shalom and we experience happiness and we should expect that God who is happy not sad not angry that doesn't mean he doesn't get upset and it doesn't mean that his heart isn't ripped sometimes by mm-hmm. terrible things he sees in his world but fundamentally you know 
Uh, it's like Dallas Willard saying classically in The Divine Conspiracy. He talked about seeing a beautiful scene in nature, and he said, suddenly I was very happy for God because he gets to see all these things all the time. So we need to have this concept that says, even in spite of all the craziness of this broken, fallen world, which is the reality in which we live our lives, God is happy. He always has been. He always will be. Mm -hmm. And he invites us to share in his happiness. So that's the first part of the kind of a touch on the definition. You know, Terry, as I think about that, I, I think about the whole metaphor of the father. And being a father, being a grandfather, there is absolutely nothing that thrills my heart more than seeing my adult children happy, but also seeing my grandchildren happy. So I think that they're hardwired into each of us, as we're part of the, the, the image of God, is that we also, we get to experience it. Just a little bit of what it means to be motivated for other people's happiness to result in our own satisfaction. So that's a beautiful picture, I think. Amen. Thank you. I mean, look at the, the, the I just think we need to focus more on the pictures of God, you know, like um, the, 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 the way that he, with incredible generosity, welcomed the prodigal back and threw mm-hmm. a feast. Or we need to hear Jesus talking about how, how when we're welcomed into heaven in one of the parables, the, the language is used, come and share in your master's happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think... Mm-hmm. I just think, frankly, you know, Christians, for so many years, Christians had a revelation about joy. Mm-hmm. That is very important. I don't want to take anything away from that. You know, the idea that joy is not based in happenstance and so on and so forth. And I agree with all of that. But it's not necessary, then, to act as if the concept of happiness, that there's something wrong mm-hmm. with the concept of happiness. because. True. Happiness is really a state of being that uh, is connected to having a sense of meaning, a sense of significance, a sense of purpose, uh, and um, it's really closely associated with the idea of joy. We should expect that God is happy. He's looking at us today, smiling, he loves us, and he wants us to be happy too. That's so good. Tell us a few more uh, parts and twists in the book and then, and then also uh, tell our audience how they can pick up copies of the book and maybe share that with others. And then after you tell us that, I, I want to take you in a little different direction. But, but tell us a little more about, uh, about the book. I'll try to be a little more concise in this answer. So to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in us, to us, and through us. The in us part is important. Mm-hmm. It is an acknowledgment that we live in a broken world where we can't act as if having a blessed life doesn't mean that we don't face challenges, opposition, resistance, difficulties, uh, and all the other stuff that comes as a result of Adam and Eve's choices in the beginning. But even in the midst of that, even when it sometimes doesn't seem as if God's doing good to us, we are assured in Scripture that he's doing good in us. He's shaping our character. He's transforming us to become more like Christ. The really big and important things that ultimately lead to a truly blessed life. And so I, I talk about how uh, to be, I, I try to talk about blessing in, in the context 
of the realities of living in a fallen world. But we know that regardless what's happening around us, God is doing good in us. We know that. He is incapable of not doing good in us and to us. He is good. This is his character. It would be out of character for him to do anything else. And then I talk about how God does good to us. The fact is, again, I don't think we should be afraid of uh, discussing the fact that uh, being in relationship with God comes with a benefits package. I mean, it just does. Um, if If we give him an opportunity, we'll see all kind of blessings show up in our lives in all kinds of obvious ways. Sometimes I think we're blessed in ways that aren't obvious, what he's doing in us. And then I think there are other ways we're blessed in, in ways that he's doing good to us and we see it. And then finally, uh, he's, he's doing good through us. Mm-hmm. Blessing is inextricably related to purpose. In Genesis 128, when God blessed them, he then purposed them. And I make the case, and I have an entire section or week of the Lord bless you uh, written about this. I make the case that we can only live in God's blessing when we're fulfilling our purpose. That um, it is impossible for us to do what God wants us to do, uh, for God to do in us what he wants to do in us if we're not participating, if we're not partnering with him. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about how we need to discover what I call our area of destiny, and we need to figure out what God made our lives to be about, and we need to fully engage in that, and that blessing comes to us as God's able to bless the world and the people in it through us. Mm-hmm. So how do people pick up the book and learn more about the blessing? You know, it's available everywhere books are sold. And um, uh, I uh, an easy place to access all of that is at terriasmith.com because we have a listing of some of the major retailers and you can just you comparison shop if you want. I, it, that's something I, I almost forgot to mention what I think is really important, particularly for your audience, is that we've also built a sermon series around this and put a whole sermon kit around this, and a number of churches have done this. Um, and, and you can people can find that at terriasmith.com. You know, sermon uh, outlines, videos, creative pieces of an original song that was written, small group discussion or book club discussion guides, all that stuff is there. And Baker, who is my publisher, the chosen division of Baker, is offering a like a if I think it's a I think it's a forty percent discount for churches that buy the book in bulk in order to lead their congregation through a series. Mm-hmm. So we've had lots of churches buy lots of books to mm-hmm. they you know they're preaching about it on Sunday and then their people are engaging it seven days a week in their devotional yeah. readings and it's re- really has a powerful impact and it's also very giftable and so lots of people in order for this to be an evangelism experience for their churches they're buying this uh, really beautifully packaged book that has nothing to do with me the publisher did a great job and you know it's endorsed by people like Kathy Lee Gifford saying you know this book brought me great joy it's an easy thing to hand to somebody who's not a follower of Jesus and say hey check this out so that's good that's good. good well, stuff. before we end, I want us to take the last part of this conversation and, and you just give advice, honest thoughts, uh, because there's a lot of people who are in ministry and leadership roles these days who are struggling. Um, it, enduring is not easy during these times. So I want you to bless us with some of your wisdom uh, to 
endure and survive and succeed in leadership roles? So, as you guys are well aware, and I'm sure most of your audience is well aware, even though I sit here 31 years into a pastorate, um, and as a guy who just turned 60, um, ministry is not easy. Mm. And, you know, I, I hesitate to draw on this uh, a secular work, but uh, M. Scott Peck years mm. ago opened his classic, The Road Less Traveled, by saying, life is difficult. But as soon as you understand that life is difficult, life is no longer difficult. In other words, um, you need to have a proper sense of expectation Mm -hmm. as to what you're getting into. And uh, one of the things that I pray every day is um, I I, I try to say these words, Lord, today I'm going to go after the life I believe you dreamed for me. I know that you want to bless me. I believe that you're going to give me success. I also know and accept that I'll face opposition. Mm -hmm. I'll face uh, challenges. I'll face resistance. And I pray that you will help me during those times to learn to trust you more and to grow from those experiences. And today I will not be anxious, but I will enjoy the life that you've given me. It's just, I think Mm. part of what, needs to happen is there's an acceptance that 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 facing challenges in ministry has been a reality for 2000 years mm-hmm. and um that we just we have to i think believe what we preach about mm-hmm. learning to trust god through difficult times and expect that he's going to lead us through those things I, you know I, I hope that's not a simplistic answer that's coming after a long long experience of ministry. Now, I will also say that um, in a in a way probably more powerful than I'd ever experienced in 31 years, I found myself at the 30 uh, around the 30th anniversary of our pastor October of 2021, I guess. Found myself for the first time I would say probably burnout. And um you know, like like everyone else, leading through COVID, and uh, for me, leading such an incredibly diverse church through the George Floyd um, uh, uh, terror and all the uh, racial tension that that was very real and, and is very real in our country was a tremendous challenge for me. And in, anyway, for the first time, I took a sabbatical. Uh, my board was very, very gracious, and um, uh, I was I was given an expense-paid th- three-month sabbatical to which I added my annual one-month study intensive. We, my wife and I did that last year, last summer, and uh, we traveled and spent a lot of time in Europe and, you know, just kind of, and that was really helpful. So I think on one hand, you know, we, we have to get up every day expecting to be blessed and knowing we'll face challenges. And then I also think we need to practice self-care. You know, Chris, I know you believe these things strongly. Yeah. We have to pause. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have to uh, practice a weekly Sabbath. We can't That's compromise right. that. We have to, you know, 
enjoy our families and, mm-hmm. and uh, show up at our kids' ball games and choir concerts and you know mm-hmm. do all of those things. Um, but I, I would say I would say one other thing that hopefully would encourage your your audience. I also I also think it's I think one of the keys to my success in terms of longevity. And I write about this in Live Ten, Chris, which you edited. Is I think sometimes when you know God's called you to something, you have to think that there's no plan B. Hmm. And you know, I think that that's how how we have to think about marriage in most cases. Obvi- obviously, God created an exit ramp in the most uh, extreme circumstances mm-hmm. from marriage. Right? We know that. However, for the most part, we have to. You know, to have a marriage is going to last a long time. And Sharon and I just celebrated 40 years. Yeah. There's no plan B. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be times when you don't want to talk to each other for several days. At least that's true in our marriage. But it's, there are no, I don't have any other options. I made a covenant with her before God, and I'm stuck. <laughs> so, so I might as well make it wonderful. That's good. And so one of my things about um, being here in the suburb of New York City for all these years is uh, my wife tells this story. Actually, I don't remember it as clearly as she does. We were driving around a few weeks after we came to New Jersey from Indiana. She was not thrilled to be here. <laughs> and I felt this great sense of calling since I was a teenager. And we drove by a cemetery and uh, she says, I looked at the cemetery and pointed at it and said, hey, you can go ahead and buy my burial plot over there hmm. because uh, I'm going to be here until I die and know God's called me here. Hmm. And there's something about that kind of mindset. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's supposed to stay in one pastorate forever. Hmm. But whatever, whatever path God's put you on, you just hmm. you have to get up every day and you have to make that the very best you can and not think in terms of exit strategies Um, unless you know the exit strategy is part of the path god's called you to Mm -hmm. and you know there's another season or phase or place obviously that's fine so we just we can't become weary and well-doing because Mm -hmm. if we don't give up we'll reap in due season that's so good well thank you for that and and my prayer is that we will not become weary in well-doing, but we will receive the blessings of the Lord yeah. as we f- find ways to make sure that our next steps are our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. 